Listen to subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. stretches welcome everybody to the table of truth this is your man cam and we are back for a blurred lines episode talking things geeky comics tv film uh with me is josh aka i just found out that dc universe is no longer a thing literally as we started recording and i'm really sad now <laughs> and our other guest, uh, it's, it's D. I'm 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 back. I'm ready to to chat it up with you guys once again. That's that's uh, in discouraging news, but you know HBO it lives in HBO Max, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Wait, so what? What just happened? What's going on now? So literally, as you hit record, I clicked on just just to have something in the background muted. I was like, let me just pop on DC Universe and click on the first thing that shows up. And so the message reads up, up and away. Did you hear DC Universe is evolving to become DC Universe Infinite? Unfortunately, that means that we will no longer support this app. Check out DC wow. Universe, DCUniverseInfinite.com to learn more. <clears throat> and yep. the internet is basically Ew. just like a place for all of it. You, you probably have sign up for it. You just get free access to DC's comics. To their, well, I hope uh, the bankers don't charge me. Comic yeah, archive. that's crazy, dude. I mean, it's funny because the DC app was actually pretty good. I liked it. I, I liked it. it. Darling. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. They, um, you know, at my time at Marvel, they were always working on their Marvel app, and then the the they just didn't. The, the Marvel app was great for comics but that's it like everything else was very just eh, ad hockey really figure out what they're going to do with it and then when mm-hmm. the dc launched their app like that was actually really dope like you can watch cartoons you can watch movie stuff you can you know access comics and all that kind of stuff so i thought in in general i was like dude this this is a really good launch of their app and how they did it and mm-hmm. i think that uh i was actually surprised like and then as, as they started to roll out like original content and stuff like that too it was just like yo they actually were trying to make this have some type of longevity but then now that you know the hbo max happened the freaking layoffs and like yeah. consolidating everything it's like i knew i was i knew it was only a, a matter of time before they freaking uh folded the app i mean it was funny is uh me cliff and my cousin went to went to the premiere for Titans that year that it, the year that it was um, the year that they were dropping DC universe. And so I went like in my Marvel t-shirt, I was ready to like talk trash. I was, I was talking trash from the time we walked through the door. Um, <laughs> Cause I was like, this is going to be garbage. And <clears throat> the best it will be is more our, our verse level stuff. And so within the first five minutes, I was zipping up my jacket. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we won't be talking trash today. This is kind of legit. Yeah, um, they put some. Yeah, was, I, I was oddly impressed, man. They did like Titans was good. You yeah. know, um, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Young Justice and that shit was fire. Oh, and so yes. like they Lord, just they yeah. just yeah, they it, you know what it was is they put the they put the the necessary attention and the right people in place to make it like something. So that, yeah, that's what made it dope. You yeah, know, that's what made it I like, agree. 
you could tell that they actually were like this wasn't just like some side project they're like no we're actually gonna really really do this and so that's what i appreciate it because i was like yo young justice was top notch teen titans was definitely completely different than arrowverse type stuff um and they they set that tone right from the jump to let you know like no 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 this is not this is not on network this is on our own thing we could do whatever we want so i thought that was dope so sad to see it go man but we are here for, for a reason Lovecraft Country ended. We wrapped. We finally got it's got to the we got to our zenith, the 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 finale of it. Um and you know, we did the first three episodes review. It ended, and you know, the people was like, yo, don't forget to do a wrap-up so you can hear your guys' thoughts. And then and then, you know, something called the election happened and other life stuff happened, so we had to kind what of push it off think? a little bit. <laughs> what what would what was that? Did someone, uh, did someone win something? Yeah, supposedly some old white dude get one. So, you know, it's normal stuff in America. That's usually how that goes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, we wanted to come back together, chit-chat about Love, Lovecraft Country. Um, the first thing I would say is, you know, fellas, what's, what's your overall reaction to Lovecraft Country as it wraps? Like the finale and like, I would say overall reaction of the whole thing, but then also mm-hmm. the finale. I oh, thought it was cool. trash. Now, um, <laughs> um, I thought it was. I thought it was. It, it it punched above its own weight class in a really big way, overall. Mm-hmm. And I think not many people will want to hear this, especially black people who were like, "Oh my God, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread." Huh? But there were flaws. It was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, there were story, there were story foibles. There were little things that you know that that were sort of uh, that that sort of pulled it out of being a quote unquote perfect show. But the things that worked worked so incredibly well that it almost doesn't matter what the flaws were. It just it it just sailed and went. It, it did, yeah. <clears throat> like I said, it punched above its weight class. It 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 did better than I could. I was so satisfied with how it started. You could not have told me that it would have sustained and continued to build on the things that it, on the things that it did in the ways that it did. Um, I don't know if I'm prepared to give it a 10 necessarily. Uh, I think I could give it like, I could comfortably give it an 8.5 or a nine. Um, now that I've had a little time to think about it and, you know, the hoopla and the hype is, is, is that has died down some, well, well um, which one, which one, which one will you give it? 8.5. I'm comfortable okay. with the 8.5. I'm comfortable okay. with the 8.5. Okay. I thought um, you were giving it more, think, but okay. No, 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 I think, I, I think when you and I talked, I was probably giving it a nine. Uh, you were, we uh, yeah. Offline. Uh, yeah. I think, I think I can back that off to an 8.5 comfortably. The foibles that, like I said, the the flaws and foibles that it had were definitely flaws and foibles. And they, because we work in television, these things jump out at us a very specific way. Um, mm, yeah. I, no, that's, that's a good point. I think that's a, yeah. you're in the industry. So there's certain parts where like, and I know, you know, Dio talk about this too, but like, I think I was telling somebody, I really enjoyed it because like you said, it punches a bunch above its weight class, mm-hmm. but it was like, it it came out with a bang and it kept yeah. that same energy the it whole really show. It did. And, and that, when it worked, you know, when it worked, it was dope. When it didn't work, you're just like, oh, okay, well, at least you tried. Right. It, wasn't, yeah, it, wasn't, it didn't it feel like too big of a fall off. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, 
the as a whole, I just really enjoyed it. And I think that's my that was my biggest thing. Like I just mm-hmm. wanted to be entertained and I mm-hmm. liked it. And I did like people were like, yo, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm like, yeah, that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh echoing what both of you both of you guys said, I felt the same way. I think overall, I think that it was uh I had no expectations going in for story or, or for anything and and so when I saw it I knew what the general premise was and obviously very familiar with the, the figure of HP Lovecraft um, but I didn't know what to expect from the, the story so I was very surprised I thought the cast did a great job from top to bottom um, it was it was the visuals were amazing they the way that they were able to take all of these subgenres of horror and and put them in each episode while telling a serialized story um, was very uh, impressive. You know, like Josh pointed out, there was some flaws in the stories. I felt sometimes they did more than they needed to do, a little too much. Uh, they wasted some some screen time, but for the most part, um, it was fun, man. It was each episode was uh, I looked forward to it. It was <laughs> it was a ride. I think I landed on the the 8.5, the eight and, a half, eight, eight and a half out of nine as well, because uh, the one thing that bothered me more than anything, and I, I docked it for it, was the the, the anachronistic music. And mm. for, for those who don't know what anachronistic means, it, it's simply music that don't belong in that time period. You know, it's it's a period piece. You know, there was great music at that at that period that, I think for something that was trying to zero in on the history as a as a uh, backdrop or leitmotif, uh, you know, you want to 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 have that kind of spiritual connection, even if you do add a little modern sound to it. You know, it's just it's all in execution. So I thought they didn't really rise up to that. Uh, but overall, you know, they nailed it. You're saying a lot of big words right now, so I'm gonna take that as a form of disrespect. <laughs> I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> well, you know, I, I definitely have have been accused of being disrespectful with the words that I say. So it, it won't be it won't be the first time, and I'm a, yeah. I definitely know it ain't gonna be the last. So. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right though. I think the um, like it it bothered when at first when it first happened. I think it was in the first episode. I was kind of mm-hmm. like, huh. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, whatever. But then yeah. when it started to be kind of a continuous theme, I was like, ah, oh, damn. And I and I get you because like, I think we were talking about it before. We're like, you know, Westworld did a really good job of using modern music, but then doing a take on it that fit the narrative mm-hmm. of what they were trying to sell. So yeah. like, like my girls, she knows tons of pop music and all that kind of stuff. So like, when she's watching Westworld and then they have a pop song, but it's done in the realm of how uh, Westworld score. is, right. yeah, yeah. like in a score, she picked it out. She's like, oh, that's blah, 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 blah. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's it. And that's exactly how. So it would have been a better challenge and almost a better for the for the audience member to hear, you know, something that was modern, but done in the in the style of that time period. So it fit. Exactly. And I think, exactly. and I think that, that would have actually made it even better because it kind of would give you something that you weren't really noticing for. But like when, you know, you know, uh, you know, Letty Sisters are coming out and it's like a trap music beat and then like all these hi-hats are coming around and you're like, what is going on right here? This yeah, is exactly. <laughs> now, if that had been using to that, like you're saying, example, if you had taken that and then maybe made it... Um, 
you know, I don't know, I'm going to fail at the, the instrument at a time, but, you know, maybe it's it's like uh, jazz or something like that or, or like uh, just the ba- the guitar or something like that. But it's the same beat and melody. But, you know, this similar to use the Westworld example, you know, when they ride up into the town and you start hearing that piano doing painted black, it's like, whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like... You know, nope, exactly. And I think that's the part where, like, that you know, again, swinging for the fences, they're like, yo, this might work. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it didn't really work, but it, dude, mm-hmm. that's dope. I mean, I'm glad, like, my whole thing, someone said the same thing. Someone asked me about it. They're like, well, I don't know if I, I'm not really a horror fan. I'm like, I am not a horror fan at all. I don't watch any horror movies. I like the scariest movie I've ever watched in my entire life is Event Horizon. That shit is fucking nightmares. Oh yeah, that's a, that's, a, <laughs> but, that's one. But but I just don't. I don't watch horror. It's not my genre. Like I have read um, Lovecraft because it's like dope and it's kind of like the basis for a lot of the other stuff that you know I've read. But in general, like horror is not my genre of choice. But then yeah. with this, I thought they did a good balance of having that horror, having the time period piece, and then telling a different type of story than we're normally. So we're not just seeing your typical black trauma. Um, we're back in the South. Everyone's racist. Black people are struggling to survive, blah, blah, blah. It was just yeah, like a good... Yeah, exactly. It was a good multi-layer. Even the way um, when they <clears throat> they used the Emmett Till's death, I thought that was super interesting because I didn't mm-hmm. expect that. And then the way they used it, was really well because there's a good part where Letty's sister, I can't keep forgetting her name, is talking to um, Ruby. Ruby. Uh, Ruby. The, the character is Ruby. Ruby. Yep. So char- the character of Ruby is talking to her quasi love interest, talking about Emma Till and how she's sad and da 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 da. And her and then the white girl's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I mean, I guess like that mm-hmm. sucks that like, you're sad, but what does that have to do with me? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that that absolutely. sentiment is so real because. That could be a parallel with what's going on right now, where you have people that are, you know, up in arms about Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, and the long yeah. list of people that have died at the hands of police. And there really are a lot of people that just literally don't give a fuck. Like it does yeah. not, if, if does not affect them. It doesn't. They'll have no empathy for it. They're just pretty apathetic. They're like, oh man, that sucks. That guy died, but yeah. they'll have no. They don't. They don't. They're not feeling how the black people are feeling about these situations. And I thought that was telling because the that character was kind of reminding her Ruby, the Ruby character, like, yo, we live in different worlds. So mm-hmm. that, I was like, I don't even think you really care. You just care because everyone else cares, but do you really care? And like, I was like, damn, that, that's some yeah. deep level shit where you got to think about it. Where uh, using, and, and I like that they didn't show um, uh, Emmett Till at all. It was just a backdrop of it. So yeah, like, they didn't show, right. you know, they the smell came because his body was, uh, you know, you know, it was all um, rotting and it was all that. Yeah. So they talked about that, but they didn't show it, and that actually made it made it, I think, heavier because then it was like, oh man, this is in the time of when this happened. Yeah, and it's this, in the middle this little of girl, it. Yeah. yeah, in the middle of it, and so that wasn't the story. The story that was just the backdrop. The story was the little girl was about to get accosted by the police, you know, all these other things going on. So yeah, mm-hmm. and it was her I friend like and it was from her perspective and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. so yeah they they played that well and, and to just to add to you know uh your your uh, the earlier point you were you were making about um just the genre of horror is that this is they use the things that in the because i'm a big fan and obviously saying with lovecraft and read that and stephen king and but the the best of that genre is usually the stuff that focuses on on real human terror and and dials it up uh 
you know, uh, uh, to a hundred percent, you know, it's not about the blood and guts and the, the, the torture porn and all that stuff that you see common in American horror. It's more about, again, the, the, the comment that the Christina character made to Ruby, you know, that's dialing up that, that social, uh, that, uh, so the psychology, uh, behind that privileged mind, you know, that that's mm-hmm. that's making it even more terrifying to have it even in the middle when Emmett Till's body is not but a uh, hundred less than a hundred feet away, she would say something like that and, and express yep. that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's those <clears throat> kinds of things that I think it did so well in in not just having it be a monster around the corner or or something like that, as much as it is uh really focusing on the tension that comes from these real human horrors uh yeah. in the way way we think and and behave yeah i think um and so now we'll, we'll, we'll talk about you know we are singing the praises and adding the little negs but it was interesting because one of my friends their comment was like yo this show is mad inclusive almost to a fault and then I read a good article about um, – I shouldn't say good. It was an interesting article about, um, oh, the indigenous uh, character that was, was you know, that they had where she was a hermaphrodite. And you know the character was kind of big in one episode and then the next episode uh, – at the end of it, they kind of just tosses away or whatever. Yeah. And it was just basically saying, oh, you know, Lovecraft Country like fails its indigenous people, da 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 And I thought it was interesting because this is a, kind of the swing for the fences thing where it's like, okay – they added so much types of uh of different i would say um types of characters in it so that but then the character the characters are still you know the focus of it like the indigenous character was part of the story not the main story so it kind of makes sense for them not to focus on this specific character um And even with the um, you know the the reveal you know of the of his his father and his father's being gay and being a gay black man at that time of era and having you know his beard as the his mom his mom it might not be his mom like he's all these different things and so they're kind of saying you know um, <clears throat> the trope of you know there's always a gay character and then there's a gay character that dies that you know inspires the next character to do you know better blah 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 and even the way that was handled was actually to me better than what I've seen in other stuff. And I thought it was yeah. super interesting of showing that dichotomy of like, this is like, quote unquote, the strong black male that was harder on his son because he didn't want his son to be like him, who was a gay person and had to hide his feelings and that kind of stuff. So I thought the layers that they kind of showed. And by the end of the show, you see that Tick actually respects his father a lot better now where he went from, I hate this dude to this dude's a liar to like, oh, okay, yeah. I see what you just went. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you I still hate him. Things. Right. But I, I'm I'm starting to at least respect him for the ch- choices that he made, blah, blah. So you see yeah. that character arc and that that flow. Yeah. It's also a different depiction of that relationship between uh between black men with when you look at Montrose and uh the uncle the relationship mm-hmm. between black men and women and that whole, whole triumvirate and that uh, the three of them understood each other and they loved each other despite all of the situation. You know, the mother knew that Montrose was gay. Uh, I forget her, the, the mom's character's name, but she knew that he was gay. And and, and George knew, that's the uncle's name, and, and, and that they were all to, and they and just like Montrose knew that George and and uh, the the and uh, Tick's mother 
were uh, together and there was no secret amongst the three. It was just a different depiction of that, of a, of a different kind of love and relationship. Uh, and, and I think you had to see that it was born out of, uh, uh, out of um, struggle and pain to really mm-hmm. understand it in, in, the, in the end. Uh, what why it was so important because all three of them in the end were 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 Tick's parents. He had in the end two two fathers and and yeah, and that's and, true. You know, and true. actually two mothers. You know, if you think about Hippolyta and and her role in Tick's life, so it's right. It's it, it also speaks largely also to a general uh, aesthetic or theme that you sometimes see more prevalent. In, in black focus uh, 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 stories, which is the the true idea of of the village raising the child and, and mm. multiple people being uh, uh, having mo- you know you have your parents, but then you have others who are closely, even though they're aunts and uncles, but they're very much close to you as a as 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 a parent to a child. Yeah, no, nah, that was, and I think that the that depiction was actually really, really dope, and I think the the dynamic as well kind of played out, and I think it was interesting to kind of see all those different things, and then also too, you know, I thought they did a great job of making sure the women in the show weren't just set pieces, like each yeah, one right. yeah, was, yeah. you know, was multi layered, ups and downs, goods and bads, made yes. mistakes, was was a heroine, was weak, you know, they had different layers. Like I thought that was really dope because you know a lot of times you know we get the the stereotypes of the sassy black woman or the strong mm-hmm. black woman or the the broken one or whatever, it's, whatever. But each woman present. is there with us. Mm-hmm. But like you and say, each, each woman, woman has, Go ahead. Sorry. Finish. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was to say, like, yeah, each woman had their had had a specific reason to be into the narrative. They weren't just there as set pieces. And I thought mm-hmm. yeah. they did a good job of even <clears> when um with uh Kimio too, when she was in it, and I think that that whole narrative is another thing, but like even her story too, like that had different layers. So it was like there was not really um women characters weren't just, you know, set pieces in the thing. They all had a reason to be there. The they helped advance the narrative. You know, Tick is the quote unquote hero of the story, but he would be nothing without everyone around him. And I think that yeah. that part was dope. Even if even if an episode didn't involve him, you know, he was still part of the narrative to help push it forward. But in like they also just like let you know that, yo. Everyone that's in this story is not in it for just no reason. Like they all yeah. have, they all have a meaning to be in there. Yeah, agree. Uh, and they kind of move. Each one of them moves the the narrative forward. And I think doubling back yeah. to something that you mentioned about Montrose, I think this is probably, and this is something that I, I'm I'm going to out a conversation that the three that that we regularly have amongst us. It was cool to see a gay character that wasn't hyper forced. So this is just something that that we talk about on occasion. Like there's the the gay character pops up and they're doing what they're doing. They meet a man or, or, you know, if it's a woman, uh, they meet a woman and it's just this weird energy about it. And just so forced and so contrived the way that the relationship unfolds. Whereas Montrose, and I'm not saying that it has to be traumatic every time because Montrose definitely had some things going on that he had to work out. But it wasn't yeah. aside, aside from the bit in the in the club, and even that wasn't necessarily forced. I'm a DJ. I've played in gay clubs, so I know what that world I, from at least from the outside in. I've seen what that world looks like. I can I can imagine that that was what party what 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 gay parties were like in the '60s. <clears throat> but that said, yeah. 
for the most part, it wasn't this. It was just a man who 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 had a relationship with another man. Like it wasn't. It wasn't this forced thing where the, all these extra all these extra bells and whistles and elements uh, were necessary to make it to make it happen and to make it sort of stick and to make it organic in your mind that this is what was happening and this is the orientation of this individual. That to yeah. me, I, I didn't realize that that would be a, as a straight man who you know who isn't really you know isn't isn't directly impacted by those sorts of things. I didn't realize how refreshing that would be to see until I actually saw it until it actually unfolded in the episode. Yeah, they, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you on that. I think cause you don't really see, really think about his sexuality until that episode where mm-hmm. um, he, you, I mean, there was, there's, there was that one character that uh, kind of hinted at it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was out, basically out in them. Yeah, that, that was the whole thing. Yeah, when I noticed that. Tick. Yeah, and, yep. But beyond yep, yep, that, yep. there was no Montrose himself gave no evidence of you know whatever that he was homosexual or interested in men until you get to the moment where it's revealed that he is in fact homosexual. Yeah. Um, so there's there that that I think lends a lot of credence to what you're saying, Josh, about the way they handle the. Uh, the gay man in the story as they reveal it uh, as being both a part of his trauma and uh, the trauma that he inflicts, inflicted on his son as well. That sort of, uh, uh, and also just drawing attention to the, the bigger thing, which is a thing, which is uh, the, the trauma of the past and, and how mm-hmm. that follows, follows one uh, from, from that moment on. Uh, you know, that that trauma affected Montrose and, and every aspect of his life. And then he, he imprinted that onto his son um, in, in a way that, that became almost destructive. But, you know, his son was over there overseas popping people in the head. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Either that. But, yeah. Know, like, and we were saying that, too, because, you know, uh, you know, I watch a tons of uh netflix shows original shows and one of the things that i saw kept popping up was the uh the gay black man sidekick and it was like something that was like starting to pop up in a lot of the shows and then but every time it was handled you're right it was kind of sloppily or very uh heavy-handed or whatever and this one was like they actually gave the humanity of it and i thought they did a really good job with that because that's something that you know the uh the black uh black man's conspiracies like oh they're trying to make all the black man gay blah 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 like <laughs> no man that's not it's not yeah, what they're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just you know you're just showing the totality of all peoples and you know right there's black gay people they've been here just as long as the white gay people so that's part of it we all know when we go to church and you know, the we always see the choir director we're like hmm <laughs> <laughs> i think the beauty of it and i think the beauty of it was he wasn't like it, like with anything else, you know, black people aren't a monolith, white people aren't a monolith, gay people aren't a monolith. And so he didn't have to be the the feminine striking, you know, high pitched voice, you know, girl, you know, let me tell you, like mm-hmm. he, he he just it, it, it really was just a man who 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 fell in love, who, who fell in love with this other man. And that's really all it boiled down to. It doesn't make him. Yeah, it doesn't make it mean that he has to be one thing or another or anything else. Like he's just, he's, he's still, he's still a man. And I feel like that right. gets overlooked in a lot of, 
<clears throat> less so these days, but I feel like in the in the grand scheme of storytelling, <clears throat> I feel like that gets overlooked a great deal. Like it's not a monolith and everybody who, you know, every, every man who's gay is not the one way, you know? Yeah. Right. And then uh, it's funny. Cause I remember when, um, Oh yeah. When Karamo from, uh, from the, uh, from, he was in real world first. Mm-hmm. And then he was in, um, he's in the fa- part of the fab five now on uh, Netflix. And he was, he looked like a regular ass nigga. <laughs> I was talking to this dude from Oakland. He was like, yo, I was watching Real World and this dude started kissing guys. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? But he was so shocked, but he was invested in the show and the character of him mm-hmm. that he it wasn't like it was a bad thing. He was just like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And I was like, now how do you feel about it? He's like, no, nah, it's all good. I just was like, oh shit. Okay, word. Okay, let's keep it moving. But it was, it was the the prototype or the stereotype of the gay person on film you know definitely will and grace jack and that kind of stuff kind of helped Mm -hmm. you know propagate that and then also how they you know all the memes now and the gifts and all that kind of stuff so yeah you know showing a quote-unquote regular person you know uh, as a gay person just like everyone else that helps that narrative too where it's just kind of like yo man it's not like this is an aberration it's not like this is like weird or quote-unquote gross it's like right. this is a thing it happens yeah. with everything else mm-hmm. and if you treat it like that that adds to the point of not being a special thing and i think that they did a good job to me anyways and and then i know there's a couple other articles that are kind of saying there's aspects of it that the gay community didn't in, in, enjoy or anything like that but as like a heterosexual male watching it it wasn't like anything where i was just kind of like oh i can't believe i'm watching gay sex right now it's like this is two men making love and this is what their situation is and now he have a situation with his son and he has to explain that like it was you know so it was a, a part of the narrative that works and fit into that framework and so for a show that was really trying to be inclusive of adding a multi-layered characters i thought they did a really good job of adding that aspect of it and making it to the point where like you said it wasn't a thing it was part of the whole the whole thing in general yeah i i wanted to go back to the uh the the was it what was the character's name? Is it Kimiko? Kimi Kimi Kimi. Oh yeah yeah yeah. The the that aspect of it. The, the, I actually the Korean the Nine Tail Fox basically. Nine Tail Fox. <laughs> yeah. There you uh, go. That was the that was the one thing that the episode was well done when she's introduced and they had hinted mm-hmm. at her from the beginning. Uh, or at least halfway through. Um, no, from the beginning and. The episode was well, well done and well, but there was something about it that as a subplot that then joined the larger arc that didn't connect for me. Um, in mm. the end, it felt more Dur Ex Machina, like when, than it did that this was something that played out naturally or it, it had a, a, a real genuine uh, purpose. I, I saw some of the, like, I, I get the aspect of it, um, which I really appreciate it in terms of including multiple um, uh, cultural and ethnic uh, uh, folklore. But I don't know if it worked out in the in the larger narrative arc as as well as because uh, that's another reason why I took. I, I was like, okay, this is like eight 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 and a half out of nine or out of 10 because uh, um, 
it just didn't it didn't come together for me in the end. They yeah, didn't they, I think it, they didn't they didn't pay yeah. off her involvement in the in in it's like it, it was a huge setup that worked really well and <clears throat> when she shows up uh later on in uh in Chicago it's kind of like oh snap well this is going to be interesting to see how they integrate her and they kind of just didn't really like they did but they didn't and so it ends up being one of those yeah, things where you're like you're, like i said it doesn't it doesn't pay off her and it doesn't pay off her introduction and it doesn't pay off her later involved her her involvement in the in that last episode at least not the way that you would want to for how they set her up yeah she yeah, had come I think in with a, a plan or something in chicago yeah. like oh i know a way to stop the spell or i know a way yep, to defeat yep. christina then it would have yep. made sense but she just showed up and then he mm-hmm. atticus is like oh i don't want you no more what we had wasn't real what i got now is real and yeah it's like, it, and, it was like a, it was basically like his side chick kind of came through and he was like girl what you doing but i think that's the thing where i think i thought it was a good it was almost like a like a prequel episode and it was like like Mm -hmm. you didn't need it but it was there so it was cool but like if we would have took it out it would have if if it would have took it out and then we just saw her come to chicago to talk to him to kind of pay off that whole who's even talking to or whatever then we would have been like oh okay I wonder what that is. And if they showed this episode, they'd be like, oh, okay. Or this was an extra some, or a bonus or something like that. I think it would have worked better. But yeah. adding it into it and then kind of building it up as like, whoa, this is Ninetale Fox. It's Korean. Da, 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 da. And then, not like you said, not really paying it off. Even in the end, even though she was part of the you know solution or whatever, I just kind of fell flat because it was like, yo, you kind of made her a big part of this narrative. And then you kind of mm-hmm. just let it kind of fizzle. And then when she shows up, it's still kind of fizzled because it was on some just like side chicks type stuff. And then, and then in the last episode, she's find out, you know, part of the gang or, or whatever, which is cool. But then still, like you said, it didn't really have that same oomph. Like you're right. If she would have came through on some like, hey, yo, I have a plan. This is what we could do to stop her, blah, 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 blah. Then they'd be like, oh, this makes sense. Cool. But because he was just kind of there, it was almost like, oh crap, we forgot about her. What are we gonna do with her? Uh... <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think what would have worked nicely is if, you know, Christina or Christina's father pops up in Korea. I think it's Korea, Korean War, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Korean War. If she, if she, if 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 Christina's father popped up in the in Korea, and there's a connection between the the priest who 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 dumps the who who dumps the 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 nighttail fox demon into this girl. Mm, if there's a connection yep. between you know between the order that that Christina's father belongs to. And 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 the Korean priest who does that, that would have made a ton of sense. And you can sort of bring it full circle by her killing off Christina. That would have made a ton of sense. And you don't need to explain much more than just pops walking up on some. Yo, so what's good? Hi. OK, so we know each other. All right, cool. Uh, narrative serves now. And we move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Some, some yeah, pur- no. purpose yeah. to, the, to the magic that was because even still when she. When they figure out that oh she can help, I'm still like uh, how how her and her and Christina <laughs> not having intercourse right now. Like they not like they not having sex. So how can she help? Right, and mm, so the facts. and so the tendrils popping up outside of what we've normally seen as the way that her power usually exerts itself. It's kind of weird that she's oh so you can do this at will now. And when did that happen? Yeah. yeah. 
No, exactly. I think that's the part that was kind of weird. So it's like, it was almost like, it was, like I said, the episode itself, like him in Korea showing his backstory, that was actually super dope because it kind of yeah. shows some of the traumatic stuff. I like how they showed the com- people that were for communism, people that weren't, that whole situation. I like when she, when the, the, Ninetale uh, actually hit him in the eyes and she saw all the, all, the, all the bullshit that he had already done. He killed her friend. He freaking did some crazy shit. Like, okay. But yeah, if like literally you took that episode out, it would, the narrative would still fit and there would be nothing. You were, you were, you're not really losing much. No, so, you, you're not. I think you also, again, when I, the, the, the direct machina, again, to explain that is to, is, when some aspect of the story comes out of nowhere to save the day, basically. Uh, And that was what it ultimately became. And, uh, you know, I think there was room for it to be something else, but it all, but then now in retrospect, when you see what it, what it panned out to be, then you look at that episode and it's like, cause I thought about rewatching that episode then i was like mm, i'm not gonna do that because it, it was what what it ended up being was a little bit of a waste of screen time where it could yeah. have been more devoted to moving some other things forward or or because in the end the narrative uh was moving fast but at the same time a lot of things didn't really become uh, apparent until that very last episode, you know, these mechanisms and things that were going on. So, um, and how they would, f- how they fit in the larger art. I would have rather had two episodes of hip, of Hippolyta, uh, cruising through the mm-hmm. multiverse, uh, sure. than, than, uh, another, than that episode with the nine tail Fox, uh, in the end. Nah, she could have just stayed in, uh, with Josephine Baker, just hung out. I've been fine with that. <laughs> I, I would have been okay with that too. I but now you're right, you're right. I think it, I think that that was the part that I said, like you know that, like again, taking that full episode out, you could watch the whole series together and you'd be completely fine. And yeah. I think that's that that shows that you okay, you didn't really didn't need that episode. It added a little bit, but in general, nothing crazy would have got got more than that. No. Um, and I think the. The also the kind of the doing too much part of it comes back with you know when they talk about um when they kind of go through this whole Indiana Jones like situation and then they go down into the freaking uh under the museum and then there's water mm-hmm. and then there's a freaking yeah, ghost yeah, ship that, and that skeletons and then yeah. all of a sudden the chick comes to life. I'm like, yeah. oh shit, what's the going on? Here? Of the Caribbean. Yeah, it'd be yeah I was like, yo, this is yeah. dude, it was it's like what's going on? And then and then like you know, then they they take the indigenous chick back with her, and I was like, okay, that's weird. And then like and then she was like a hermaphrodite. I'm like, all right, all right, cool. And then and then all of a sudden, like you know, Montrose like kills her out of nowhere. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely was a what the hell moment. Um, so yeah, I think like you said, that some sometimes like like they would do some crazy shit and it would work, and other times I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure if you guys really fully thought this part out. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you guys think it could go? Like, because like uh, from my understanding, it was actually a, a solid like one season situation, mm-hmm. and then um, as of now, it's not renewed for the second season. But mm-hmm. it hasn't been not it, it's not like it's, it hasn't got canceled, but it hasn't got renewed yet. Yeah. And then also, too, I make, you know, like like D, you're way more um, versed in Lovecraftian uh, lore. But, you know, where do you think it can go and where, you know, sky's the limit type of situations like what do you think they could do? I think they've laid 
in lieu of not re uh, having announced the second season and that it was looked at as sort of, okay, this is kind of a limited series TV movie type of ordeal as opposed to a, a series. I think they've kind of laid the groundwork for an anthology, but uh, which again, beyond the, because I think they covered pretty much everything that's in the Lovecraft Country book uh, mm. as far as story. I looked that up and, and the stories that are featured in that book were pretty much covered one way or the other. And, uh, and there might be some, there's always in, in these thing in these stories, some area that filmmakers and, and television producers are willing to pull out and make an entire series for. So there's that possibility that there's something there that they didn't use that they could expand it. But as far as the, the, the story for the characters right now, um, if they don't do anthology and reintroduce something new, I, I could see them trying to do something with uh, with the multiverse aspect. Um, but then there's the this I where where you know I, I only say anthology because then they could continue to shuffle up the the themes and the genres that they're working in. Um, mm. They could probably do that with a story about someone going through the multiverse, and it fits with Lovecraft's uh, uh, themes. But you know, the other thing is that a lot of a lot of Lovecraft's themes are about sanity and things like that, which you saw a lot of uh, hinted at really early, and they kind of moved away from it being a matter a question of of real or not, or you know, and told you that yeah, this stuff is happening, but. So there's possibility, I think, in a few different directions. But my gut, my strong feeling is that they'll probably do anthology and just pick a a different time period and expand on some of the lore that they established already. I think that would be cool. I mean, honestly, I think the the having some type of an anthology and maybe even following the family line through that yeah. in yeah. different different genres or different yeah. um time periods that would be fun like i would that love to work. see this type of yeah like i could love to see this type of situation set like in the 70s or freaking yeah. you know you know maybe in the 90s in the or something or like 90s. that yeah for yeah, sure like yeah. just on some new shit cuz i think that aspect of it i think the you know i think Black audiences are tired of the same, you know, uh, we're always talking about slavery or we're always talking about, you know, the man in the 60s or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and rightfully so. So, yeah, Yeah. setting some like Lovecraftian type shit in the middle of like crack 80s or fucking (laughs) the the 90s or something like that, like around OJ, like that. It just that would be super fun and that would be different. That has it you you don't necessarily see. And I like that. The Jordan, I, and I'll, you know, we'll give it to Jordan Peele that he kind of helped audiences that aren't black realize that black audiences like horror too. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and enjoy it, you know. Yeah, and and to and Misha Green, you know, who obviously was the executive producer and creator of Lovecraft Country under under Jordan Peele's uh, co- uh, company. Uh, she did a great job as coming from underground to Lovecraft Country, from a WGN serial drama to, you know, masterclass HBO. You know, like she did uh, a good a good job in in really bringing to life that possibility for the continuation of 
of the mythology because you know so much stuff was added in there to your point about um showing different black stories you had the afrofuturism you had the, mm-hmm. the the quest adventure you had the uh you know the 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 monster story uh monster in the woods story you had you know just so so many different and i think the biggest one was the afrofuturism and going to mm-hmm. the different space times in which you know these cosmic elements are playing subtle but big parts in the weavings and the 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 goings of 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 individuals and so i think like you you said that there's so much room even in there to to um and they left the door open you know maybe there's a story about atticus son atticus's son you know after he's written a book and things like something comes up and you know maybe a new a new uh uh there wasn't all the Braithwaite's or you know, maybe a cousin survived, you know, there, there's some right, room right. To, yeah. to, to play around that wouldn't make it so bad. But I think they would have to stretch it out so that that wouldn't be the story in season three. That would be somewhere like, oh, well, we've done some other things with some other characters, maybe in that in that line, maybe in something else. And then now we're coming back to uh, the Atticus, uh, what was it, Freeman, the Freeman family or whatever. And you know, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like, even maybe even look taking a, um, you know, I think America, American horror story does a good job of doing that. of Telling different type of narratives and different. And like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so I I think if they, if they followed that type of blueprint, I think they could have a lot of fun, do some really cool stuff. And I think, you know, there's no shortage of really great um, black actors that are out there doing some dope shit that doesn't get doesn't get that much shine. So mm-hmm. I can definitely see them, you know, showcasing that as well. I think that was that was the other good thing too that the the veteran actors and the younger actors that didn't that people didn't, might not know about like it helped and you could see the casting on a whole was just done really 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 well. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody got to shine. So it was it was good to see that and that you know people really were. Really, and then also just taking the people that you know, like Journey Somalette, She had, you know, she's been in, in the industry for a minute, even when she was a kid up until now. But it was cool to kind of see her her acting chops from the full range of it, mm-hmm. as opposed to usually the bit parts that she's. It's not even bit parts, but like the kind of one note type of characters that she usually plays. So yeah. it was dope to see that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, well, we'll see what she could do in the lead. Yeah, what it's funny you mentioned that because I um I just on the random caught um. Uh, the Harley Quinn movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, eh, anybody could have played the role that Journey Smollett played, but you know, it it is funny to see the juxtaposition when given when she's given something that has a lot more meat on the bones, like a Lovecraft Country, versus playing you know, uh, uh, Black Canary. Which I'm just like, whose idea was it to make a black woman black canary? But all right, fine. Like, I'm, I, and not yeah. because oh, the character I just, I just, be black. I just got that right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just but kidding. To, to your point, yeah, that, that's a good point about Journey and her and her journey as an actor, as an actor. <laughs> you know, like, I uh, see what I did right there. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We got that. Got that. Yeah, but now yeah. you're right. I think, and I think that's that. That's the aspect of it where you know, um, 
the guy who plays Ticket is Jonathan Majors, right? I think I'm that's correct. His name? Majors, yeah. 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 And like, you know, and he same with him. Like he's solid dude. He's been in a couple of things here and there, but like he I thought he did a really dope job in this. Like he yeah. fucking put his foot in this. Like, yo. Yeah. And I think it was good to see it. And um that I hope Hollywood takes notice and starts to starts to kind of lean in on that thing where, you know letting black uh or not even letting but having black creatives create stories use the people that they want to use and really have the helms of, of doing stuff mm-hmm. and allow them to create some really dope shit and i think yeah. that's that's another takeaway from this that i thought was on the positive tip that was dope yeah and i think the not to trivialize their performances but i think for them you can see it in their faces the actors channeling real emotion because they they are thinking about how they would feel in those situations because those are situations that they could very well be could have been in in that period or find themselves in. You know, I think about the moment where she's running out when she it, it looks like the cops are gonna basically put take down. Uh, uh, she's running out, and you can just see that that's that's mm. a lot of black women, you know, in that situation running to try to defend. Uh, a black man from from the police and and you know her not knowing and deep down knowing she probably wouldn't make it but that wasn't going to stop her and I think that that was that was you could see that in her performance and again not to trivialize how great they did because they did a great job but I think that that emotion was driven by uh, having uh, be, being able to identify with what those characters were enduring. At least on the on a on a even on a small level, yeah, I yeah, agree. Nah, even the the, the 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 Tulsa episode is a prime example mm-hmm. of what you're talking about. Like, yeah, it didn't it didn't take long for you as the viewer to become immersed in the in in that setting, and you you legit believe they were in 1921, uh, in 1921 Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like you, yeah. they make you believe it. And what I liked about that episode in particular was they didn't really like, how can I phrase this? They didn't, you didn't walk away from that feeling like, oh, HBO just did Tulsa again. It was more like, oh no, they yeah. did it again. All right. Like they really expanded on, you know, between, but, but from Watchmen to that, uh, to that, to, to Lovecraft Country and in that episode, they expand. The, it, it's two different perspectives on the same event. Um, yeah. And you two just, different, it, told, it, the story told two different ways, too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. And it just, yeah. it just works. It just works really, really well. And the, the, the actors do, as, as, as D put it, the, the actors do a brilliant job of transporting you to that place and making you believe that they're going through all those things, fictional as it may be, um, making you believe all the emotions that they're going through, Letty running into, you know, into the, the elder Freeman, um, who was, who, who had the book of the book of spells, um, you know, Montrose realizing that, uh, that tick was the guy who saved him, when uh yeah from the road that, that part was out it was just yep excellent piece even the slow walk like you know people were complaining like yo you know uh lady slow walking down a street in tulsa oklahoma in the middle of the bombing blah 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 blah, blah you know 
it was no, a, it's a visual it, metaphor. It was a brilliant it was, visual metaphor. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous slow mo shot. Like shut yeah. up. It was good. It was good for what they were trying to do. And you know you can't. Yeah, and I think and I think that's the part where we get into the we start to get in the weeds of things where it's like we can't enjoy it because we're just like ah, it could have been better. Da, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's like it's, it's like yes, yeah, it could have been better. But can you just about. exactly yeah. like let's enjoy it. Enjoy it, watch it, digest it. Then we can talk about it. Kind of like when um when I watched Luke Cage, uh the the yeah, when I watched Luke Cage, we watched the when I was at work, we watched the first two episodes on the big screen, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And so and I was laughing because uh we watched it and then when I came back to work, you know, everyone was like, Hey, you know, how'd you like Luke Cage? I was like, Well, first of all, I'm black, so it was amazing. And they were just like, uh, yeah. uh. <laughs> And I was like, okay, now that I got I thought out the way, all right, I thought you know the writing wasn't that great, but the acting was kind of in, and it was, but it was fun, and 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 I was laughing because I was like, yeah, as black creatives, we can cre- we can critique our own shit. That's not a bad thing, but also we should at the very least like enjoy it. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. like, I think that's the one part. We're too busy sometimes. We get a little too quick to to critique as opposed to just be like, yo, this was actually pretty dope. Mm-hmm. These are the things I didn't like about it, but overall, I like, and I think. Uh, us us got that a lot too where I think people enjoyed Get Out so much that when they went to go see us they're kind of like eh, it was alright as opposed yeah. to was it was it alright because you had this crazy expectations or was it, was it really just alright well, and I think Cam can't shout out to Cam Squared um, I think he put it perfectly we were talking about something else and he he, he said something that I, that I that I use as, as as a sort of a catch-all when when critiquing uh, black art and that is you know you should you should absolutely and d'angelo you and i have discussed this at length on a number of occasions for a number of things but you shouldn't give it a pass because it's black like it still needs to be good it still needs to adhere to certain storytelling standards or break those rules in ways that that um in, in ways it, it to needs to break those rules in ways that, yeah but but it still needs to be good like you know yeah. and 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 we we can critique it if it's not up to snuff like we're going to especially especially you know in in a world where we're post black panther we're post um lovecraft country we're post watch the watchmen series like those are standout things that were done really 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 well and the production value is really high and the writing is really good and yeah. so we now have things that we can compare it, compare bad cinema and bad television against. Be like, well, as long as it's not those things that that, that came before that were just really poorly executed, and you could tell it was some white executive who was like, you know, it'd be great here, and just, instead of just letting us be us on screen, yeah. you know, well, well, I, we got we can stop nitpicking right now because you know it's because of that what you just said, you know, like the, <laughs> yeah, looking, at, point. the, the, the looking at the the talking about Letty slow walking that's not a that's not a valid it's analysis or, or criticism because the larger thing and and Cam and I discussed this a little bit before we on it the larger thing that I took away from that particular depiction of Tulsa versus uh, Watchmen's depiction. First of all, Watchmen's depiction at large was more um, aesthetic in that it showed you a little bit of it to set you on this this particular narrative path mm-hmm. in the cold open. This was an entire episode devoted to to 
the Tulsa massacre, even to the moments that built up to it um, from the perspective of the characters. And what you see more than anything and what you didn't that you didn't see as much in Watchmen is what was stolen. Both mm, literally yeah. and metaphorically, Physically, yeah, yeah. And, no, you know, from from that community and from uh, and especially from the black people who were who were driving that community and that economy, you see what was reaped and pillaged in in that episode alone, and that is bigger. Even even from the small moments, you see the, what was stolen and what was lost, and 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 that creates an entirely different experience uh uh than what was done in Watchmen but that you can't use a slow walk moment to negate all of that like come no. on yeah and i think that's the thing like the um i thought the the depiction of Tulsa in Lovecraft Country was more menacing like yes. you know, mm-hmm. seeing seeing them all in the house together, grabbing their guns, getting ready for these crazy white people, and then on on some like you know, yo, revolution type shit, and then moments later, the whole house is in flames and everyone's dying. You're like, wait, what? And then seeing how many people are out there, how the you know how everything was going on, or seeing you know uh, Montrose and his dude chilling, and then his dude gets killed. And then, you know, you start to see it. And even when um, Tick goes out to defend them, mm-hmm. you know, he's beating all these white dudes down. But then you see there's a couple women with them yeah. cheering them on as they were beating up these black kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you just and, it, it, and it's like subtle, but you're like, fuck. And tries to stop like, Tick when he's when he's mm-hmm. defending them, those those same, yeah. women, those same yep. women. So. So, yeah, they're, <sighs> they're, nuts, man. There's nuts, all nuts, these, nuts, nuts. These, these nuances about uh, Levels and layers, about man. that. And, and like you said, too much to the horror, and that is what Hitchcock would define as real suspense. Because guess what? With the real horror for us sitting in the audience, watching them strap up and all that stuff, and go through their community, their daily routines, and seeing it vibrant. Guess what? We know that mm-hmm. that's about to come to a very horrible end. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And they and and nothing that they're about to do, even in that badass moment, is going to stop. Makes it. a difference. Yep. And makes a difference. That's real suspense right there. Because we know more than the characters do, at least some of the characters, other than, you know, the time travelers, but we know more than those other characters who are just living their lives. So that creates a whole nother level of tension and horror in you. Uh and that speaks to another usage of the genre that people don't think about. Yeah, exactly. And I, like I said, that tension and that just like that, like almost like sense of dread is just yes. one of those things where you're just like, we already know the ending of the story. Exactly. Now we're seeing, and I think, and I think, you know, in a time it, you know, there hasn't been a movie made about Tulsa and all that kind of stuff. There's a couple documentaries and all that stuff. I'm yeah. not sure we necessarily need one black trauma and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. However, you know, a whole movie on Tulsa and Black Wall Street that doesn't show the actual riot until the last five minutes would be freaking crazy because you would see a full, thriving mm-hmm. civilization going on. All the ups and downs, the you know, the it's like I said, it was a, it was a self sustaining African American town, yeah. and in that last five to ten minutes, that's when you see the actual burning about to happen. That would actually be a, kind of a, it would be mirroring what you know, I'm thinking more of a like a Fruitvale station. Where it's oh, like, yeah, or like you, apocalypto you, when the, exactly when, apocalypto, when they, same yeah, shit. 
you didn't like see the, the Spaniards come. They you just see mm-hmm. the boat and you know yep. what's about yep. to take place because mm-hmm. we because the story. Yep, and I think that the story is not the the ending. The story is the, is everything before that. The journey, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, and that journey. And I think that's the thing. I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to Tulsa, when you start to really dig into it, you start to sign, find out. You know, uh, they had their own banking system, and then yeah. they had the, this and that, and blah 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 blah. Like that yeah, whole thriving civilization. Long before it left that area, dude. And, and like, if I mean, just something on that by itself is it would be amazing for people to see and experience and grab a hold of and then and then then it would just be even heavier knowing how yes, it ended yes. like we don't need i don't need to see a uh, an hour and a half of a freaking of people murderous white people yeah. yeah i don't need to see that but i want to see how it got there like all the like mm-hmm. why did they have to go there and make their town and how it became thriving and all that like all that stuff is the most interesting part because yeah. you know they they the reason why you know black wall street came about was much like like the Jews, like white people was sh- sh- shutting them out of everything, so they got to make their own shit. So they're like, "All right, well, we'll just make our own shit," and it turned out to be dope. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and I think even to that same concept, it could be dope. You could even show uh, the the planning of the massacre, and mm-hmm. alongside of the the showing the growth of the community, because that would build a lot of tension as well. And and the obviously not seeing it like you just said has a more has an even more profound effect because we just saw a story about a journey of people thriving of them actually enacting the so-called American dream uh and then it in in knowing we know it like you said we know how it ends we know that that was stolen from them literally uh and but we rarely see that journey um, so as you need an antagonistic force within the story, yeah, let's show the, them nefariously planning this, this thing. Cause obviously no one saw it coming <laughs> in, the, in, uh, Greenwood. So, yeah, uh, exactly. So, right. so and it, I think that's, know, that's even, again, it goes back to the, you know, the sad aspect of it. Cause you know, in that era, people had their own guns and everything else, but they didn't expect to be invaded by a fucking bunch of white people to kill the whole town. Like, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying? Like, by the U S government, you know, like we can't you go. forget and so, that. Like, you know, and, and they deputized all those freaking right, uh, freaking, uh, the people. So I think that's, uh, going back to you know telling new stories and not you know highlighting black trauma, which I actually agree with a lot of people are saying. You know I'm t- tired of trauma shows, and you know I don't watch slave movies. I just stopped watching them a long time ago. But um, but starting to shine a light on aspects of Black America that doesn't really get to shine a light on. The fact that we don't have a freaking Cotton Club TV show in 2020 is still mind boggling to me. Mm. <laughs> or any series that's based in. Uh... Well, you know, I won't talk about that. We, you know, we'll. we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> that's a whole we'll, other, we'll, another conversation. We'll leave that right, out we'll for into the, into the ether. But we'll, but yeah. I, I understand exactly what you're saying in terms of there are many, 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 many stories, not just even uh, the stories of of you know the 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 mythos of the 20th century uh you know there's lots of stories to be told there's some stuff that look that we just we don't even know about that's out there that that connects us even larger to like you know uh uh the 
uh, you know, to the to the African continent, you know, like, you know, the Moors and True. things like that. Yep, and yep, so, yep, you yep, know, yep. Um, there is a lot to 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 you just have to be bold. You know, I think the, the problem is that there's an opportunity now because obviously, you know, most of the studios aren't are going to be coming out hurting from this this pandemic and going to be looking for fresh stuff. And I think uh the, the the COVID is going to reshape the entire industry, whether whether people realize it or not, or, mm-hmm. or they realize it, but in much in more ways than than what we think. You know, uh, you know, I predict that some of the things that were very popular before COVID will not be as popular after COVID, and that there's going to be a desire for new stuff uh, because uh, we were getting somewhat of the same, and I'm. You know, being coy about it, but I'm speaking about things like superhero films and things like that. I don't want to see that stuff just disappear, but I think that that stuff has clouded a, a, a certain month. It, it's clogged a little bit of the space, and so hopefully, once the, it, the industry does bounce back, there will be more more studios and more uh, uh, financial backers willing to take chance on new stories. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that's and then we're talking about that too with this, you know, last episode in Table of Truth, we're talking about um, 80s action heroes, um, Sly and Arnold and Bruce Willis and, and Harrison Ford and stuff. And like a lot of those movies were like one offs. It wasn't the full on universe. There was like, yeah. you know, some some dude in an impossible situation and he figured it out and he rose above. That was the that's the plot, <laughs> and that was and what like, the, the sequels were. But they made yep. money, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think the, you know, I, and I think the, 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 I think COVID's kind of put a pause on that superhero-ness, which is interesting. And so we'll see how it kind of shakes out. Cause like, there's still a couple of things in the can that still got to come out, like the Black Widow movie and um, a couple other things. But yeah, I'm curious to see that. Cause I think, you know, COVID kind of helped with the serialization of a lot of the people got to consume a lot of TV. Yeah. And um, we were talking about that before, like, you know, what, what have you been watching this? And we'll, that's again, we'll, we'll, we'll come, we'll come back and we'll talk about what we've what been watching over this COVID and what we're watching currently. But you're right. I think there's a, there's definitely a good time to see, to, to try some new <laughs> things and kind of figure out some stuff and, and see where that goes. But yeah, man, that was a that's team. I like that. Good Lovecraft country. Can't sing sing enough of his praises. I definitely enjoyed it. It was so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> and then a perfect example of what you just said. Something that was new and different, and tried some yep. old stuff and combined some mm-hmm. new stuff. Dude, my thing is, as I was telling other people, I was like, if we have to keep telling sci-fi, horror, and fantasy stories to teach white people about the racism, so be it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's like, plenty of ways to do it, and I exactly. feel like For recently sure. we've seen some very clever ways of having, mm-hmm. of trying to have the conversation. In. Yep. So be it. So if that happens, happens. Like I, I was the someone said they watched the first episode and they were just like, Yeah, it was weird. I was watching there and it was like some racism stuff. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of weird. And then all of a sudden these monsters came and ate all the white people. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Did you know there was Sunset Town? <laughs> Oh, God, is that yeah. a real thing? And then people would people people use Beyonce's internet. And they were just like, "Wow, this is a real thing." Mm. Now, did you know that they're still around? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like it's around. it's funny. I, I, I being the child of immigrants, I knew that. Like, yeah. they, and how, so Same. how do you not know that? 
Mm-hmm. Being born here. But, when, but I, and that's dope, though. I mean, I, it, it, to me, it's like if, again, I think television and movies is always a good vehicle to teach people about stuff that they probably would have not have known before. And I think if, like I say, we have to use this as a vehicle to teach people about the stuff that's going on in our country, stuff that had been going on, that's, that used to go on, that's still going on, like that's, and we could do it in interesting ways and entertaining, you know, all, that's all so the be better it. for it. I think it was a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, you guys want to use some final words? Josh, you got a final word? Um, Star Trek Discovery is amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> it has produced more tears in four episodes than most shows in in its entire run. <laughs> it is. It is great. That's gonna be. That's gonna be. A, oh, yeah, that's gonna be another episode, man. We talk about discovery. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, D, you got a final word? Uh, yeah. I, I was. You know. I think this was a great conversation about Lovecraft Country. Um, just to wrap up. What what I you know I think the overall impression that it was it was really great I, I enjoyed more than anything the the Afrofuturism uh, uh, stuff I love the you know multi multiverse jumping through space time and and all that and and really the depiction of of time in that in temporal uh, mechanics to borrow a Star Trek uh, <laughs> a mm-hmm. Star Trek Voyager often used more in Voyager than anything I'm, I'm learning seriously uh, but yeah I, I just enjoyed all that I, and like you said the more if we can get more because we need to see more than that you know more of that you know that it's it shouldn't be that just all our stories are reserved to just the stuff that's uh, the past or our trauma or you know, the, the 20th century us or even the 21st century us. Like, there's a lot of things that genres and stories that we can exist in, too, because, you know, it's all just human narratives being told using some form of hyperbole. So uh, glad for Love Car Country because and, why, and, and as an extension of Watchmen, but in a different way, because it's just continuing to open up the doors for what I love, which is uh, sci-fi, dark fantasy, uh, um, fantasy—not necessarily dark, but fantasy in general. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, man. I, I think, like my, that's I would kind of echo that. Like, I think you know, we're all kind of singing the praises of Lovecraft Country, but like in general, I liked that something like this exists to inspire mm-hmm. other people to do things are uh, that are even better you know, take more chances, mm-hmm. take more risks, you know, John Rabin, like I personally hate time travel. I blame this on X-Men. X-Men has soured me on time travel all the time. <laughs> oh, but, I hate it too. I hate it too. Uh, but they did a good job with it and it was done in a way that was different that I enjoyed. Um, and I liked, like I said, I liked the the mishmashing of the different genres, the mythologies. And like, I liked that you had to Google stuff after you watched the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, that was cool. I liked that you, as the audience member, you're like, wait, that can't be true. Is it true? Oh shit, it is true. Like, wait, what's the significance of this? And then, and, and people, the conversation about the show and was good. And for me, I don't like, I'm not into the weekly serial stuff as much as I used to be, mm. but the ones, the, the, the few shows that I do show up for weekly are ones that I enjoy this for like, you know, discovery is another one, black people in space and it's not weird. It's freaking cool. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then, 
You know, Lovecraft Country, same thing. Like, you know, the, Af- the Afrofuturism, that shit came out of nowhere. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, you didn't right. feel like it was, you just, you know, it didn't feel like you got taken out of a, of the narrative. Yeah, I rock. You're you just, just like, I'm you, with it. You see it and you're just like, yo, I rock with that. Yep, 100%. And I think I need more of that where it's like, this is not, it's not weird to have black people in space and doing time travel stuff. It's like, this is yeah. just a pair, uh, uh, it's part of the narrative and it works. And shows like this help that, kind of get that going along. And so I think they did, they did a really good job of just having fun. And which makes it good is because when you start to see something like this, now you're kind of like, okay, what would you do better? And then you go ahead and do that. And so I think this, you you need something like this to kind of to start that conversation. And just like you needed the, um, the get out and that's just like you needed, you know, um, a lot of the other shows are starting to come up. And so we, I, I'm glad that we have these, this, these types of shows to inspire people to make other shows that'll be better and it'll be in different genres and have more fun. Like, you know, we get, uh, we start, we start getting, start making black vampire movies. That'll be, that'll be a whole nother situation. <laughs> Oh, what you talking about, man? You ain't never heard of the classic vampire in Brooklyn? Like, what, what, what you mean? <laughs> Black, or, or actually, what's the um? What is the the Charleston Heston one with the albino black uh vampire? Oh man, which one was that? It's not Blackula. It was like in the future. Damn it, I, I know. Forgot. Is, it, is it the Omega Man? Three thousand? Yes, Omega Man. Omega it's Man. The Omega okay. Man, which is what yep. um, I Am Legend is loosely based on. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But you're right. But yeah, that I think again that there's one of those things where, like, yeah, you know, black people like all genres, just like regular people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like uh, what, like one comedian was like, That's you know, crazy, hey, Cam, what, what type mean? of I was like, what type of people like chicken? And everyone in the audience goes, black people. He's like, no, racist, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just the same with genres, man. Like we all, you know, we all like those, all these type of genres, sci-fi, fantasy, this, that, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I, I am happy to see stuff like this get made. And I'm, I'm glad that it will definitely inspire other creatives to start to, you know, you know, make that leap into uh, shooting a shot to kind of get something different too. So that to me was like, will be the lasting legacy for Lovecraft, whether it gets a second season or not. Like it just, it, it sparked that conversation where people are just like, Oh shit, we, I guess we can make stuff like this. So that's, it's dope. It was really, really dope. And I implore people to go watch it if you haven't or, you know, and let us know if you, you know what you thought about of it, too. But, yeah, we had some it was good, man. I'm glad I, I enjoyed the whole ride all the way through. Yeah, yeah agreed. definitely agreed. That's fine to the very end. Yes, sir. But um, all right. We'll be back next time. We'll talk Mando. We'll talk some Discovery. We'll talk some comic books that are Black creators that you should find, uh, check out. Um, but until then, this is the Table of Truth, and we out. Peace.